Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. Footy Ado, European Nights. Welcome in. You are listening to Footy Ado, European Nights. It's an early Friday morning with a crying puppy in the background, but I am joined by California's lowest-rated Lyft driver, Jared Raymond. Welcome in. My gosh. Last intro I got, I was I was Ballers Jared Raymond, star of a, now now I'm the worst-rated Lyft driver. Were you on Ballers this week? I was not. Then also, what the hell are you complaining about? I also just uh, went through quickly um, season three of Goliath because I was did background on that and I don't even know if the scene was made the made the cut. So you can't win them all. It's rough. It's a rough. It'd, it'd rough be cool times. if you want if you won once in every one in a while. You know, uh, you know the thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can speak English, which is pretty sad because for me it's nine forty six. For you, it's six forty six. Yeah. Um, early morning, early morning recording. Early morning, boys. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's hop right into it. We're going to be discussing the Champions League, of course, here on European Nights. Um, we've got uh, Tuesday's action, which featured three teams scoring five goals. We're going to start with the non-English club to do it. PSG five, Club Bruges nil. Um, that is a impressive hat trick from Kylian Mbappe coming off the bench. Um, and you know, uh, Icardi also scored twice, so he's looking good, uh, looking good in Paris, but this was just an overall dominant performance and you, you, you gotta feel bad for, uh, for Mignolet and goal. Come on. Uh. The guy can't stop letting in goals wherever he goes. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think he's. I think he's where he's. He's found the right level for himself, which is at Club Rouge. No disrespect to Club Rouge, but I mean, I think Mignolet was never going to be good enough for um, a Champions League winning side. No disrespect to Club Rouge. All the disrespect to Mignolet. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Mignolet. I mean, it's good that he's finally getting a start, considering he, uh, you know, he very much felt like he was supposed to be, he should have been the starter of Liverpool, and as we see now, with all the success that they faced now with Allison, uh, that clearly wasn't the case. That was clearly one of the problem areas. Um, but yeah, rough going for for Club Rouge, smooth sailing for for PSG, um, and. You know that their group is starting to look uh, the way it's supposed to, with PSG and Real Madrid on top, and Club Bruges and Galatasaray uh, uh, fighting for the bottom. Yeah, um, it, this this group is an interesting one because it has two teams that you know are supposed to be powerhouses. Real Madrid the past couple seasons haven't been um, at that level, but. Um, the one last tidbit on the goalkeeping situation at Club Rouge. The reason I'm not a huge fan of it, 
of uh, Mignolet being there is because he's keeping the American, Ethan Horvath, out of goal. Right, so, and, and it, Ethan Horvath has done pretty well for Club Bruges, so you, yeah, you have and to it, feel it's hard It was to always, always yeah. nice to have a, an American playing in the Champions League. Um, so, uh, well, we have, we'll, we'll get to that. We have a couple other guys who are, we, we have a guy who did, who did a thing this week. So, yeah. um, there's plenty, Against another guy who was guarding him doing that thing. So, um, so in the group PSG top with nine points, Real Madrid only have four points so far. So yeah, they're in second, but that's because Bruges have two and Galatasaray with one. A win, a draw, and a loss so far for Real Madrid. Um, PSG running away with top spot there. Yeah, and I think Real Madrid are going to be fine. They have to play Galatasaray again and, uh, you know, Club Bruges a second time. So, yeah, obviously they they struggled with uh, with Club Bruges the first time, but I think you'll you'll see them perform better against those two clubs, and I think they're going to – it's going to be a pretty straightforward group. Now, uh, let's look at Group B. Tottenham have been going through a a poor run, to say the least. But they uh, they bounce back at home against Red Star. Um, it's a 5-0 win. Harry Kane with a brace. Son with a brace. Lamella with a goal. Um, an overall dominant performance. Um, they got an early goal. Ninth minute, they got a goal right before the half um, that made it 3-0, two second-half goals. Puts the cherry on top of the icing, on top of the cake. Um, you think we're going to see more of the same now uh, from Spurs going forward in the league, or uh, is this kind of a one-off type thing? Um, I mean, it's, it's tough because I think we're going to see, I think the key to getting a run of, like you know, getting that momentum is is to put a couple of results together, and their their next matchup is against Liverpool. So um, they could quickly come back down from from this high that this five nil victory gave them. And again, I mean, you're looking at it; they're playing they're playing Red Star. So you know they've they've had their struggles against uh, better opponents. Yeah. Uh, so you you got to be happy. Like they have to be happy with this result, but they also have to put their head down and, and know that it's it's not even not even really the beginning of getting back to where they need to be. They need they need to put a couple they need to put a good performance up against Liverpool. Um, if they do that then they can they can finally um, regain their form. But I mean it's all down to the players attitude, mindset. That's that's Spurs biggest problem right now. Um, is you know people they're not on the same wavelength they're not you know the effort might not be there as much people might not want to be there so that's something that's hard to overcome because they have the players they have very talented players they just need the right attitude going forward now the one big thing that stands out in this lineup we talk about how uh there's players who don't want to be there well for the most part the players that don't want to be there Weren't there in this starting lineup. Ben Davis at left back, so no Danny Rose. In the center of defense, you did have Jan Vertonghen, who we we know the contract situation there, but Davison Sanchez was his center back partner. No Toby Alderweireld. Then in midfield, 
No Christian Erickson. Erickson was on the bench. Um, so when you take three players who have been in that situation, vocal and saying, you know, they don't, they don't want to be there. You take them out of the lineup. It does. It proves to be, uh, a, a, an excellent recipe for success. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's like, it's, it's very, it's a hard situation to get yourself out of because once a player's head is turned, it's really hard to get them out of it because, because I mean the effort, the lack of effort is sometimes there if you're playing them. So you have to make that decision to like, look, if you don't want to be here, we're not going to play it, even if they're the better, better player in the lineup uh, compared to some of the you know backups that you have. You have to just sort of make that decision to say, look, you don't want to be here. Fine, we're going to play players who want to play for the club. Um, but also doing that, you're never going to change the person's mind. So you have to sort of decide what what line to walk there and what to what the best approach is. But obviously I think right now, like you said, I mean, again, it's the, it's against red star. So the quality is a little bit lower, but I think you gotta, you have some solid players who want to be there. They might not be your best option. Um, but play the players that want to be there. They'll fight for the shirt and they'll fight for, you know, their teammates and, uh, the manager. And you're going to get, uh, you're gonna get more positive. You're gonna get more positive play. Maybe you might struggle to get some positive results with you know the lower quality of players, but they'll work and grow and get better, and you might get where you need to be at that point. Um, yeah, and it, it with with Spurs, you'd rather in your starting lineup, you'd rather field a player with who's maybe a three star player that wants to be there and wants to fight rather than play a five-star player that has that's disinterested. Right, and especially if it's a, I mean if it's a young player there's upside to it. So like let them grow into maybe a four-star, five-star player exactly. by playing them. Um but it, you know it it always baffles me the mindsets of of some players like that want to go somewhere. And then they have this poor attitude because they're not going anywhere yet but they're still like they're still on the team even though they don't want to be there you still have to play yourself into another side like you need to convince you need to convince uh other teams that you're still worth them going after once the transfer market opens up again you know what i mean like if you put in a couple bad performances, maybe a team's gonna be like hmm you know what i don't know if we want a player like uh, Alderweireld or Erickson, if they're gonna, if they're going to, once they're disinterested, are gonna drop uh, in quality. Maybe it's not worth us going after. I mean, a lot of teams will take that risk anyway and hope, you know, like they'll they'll grab to get the player anyway, and you know, the player will play for that team with more passion than they were the previous team. But it's it's always a tough situation. I mean, it's more. Specific. I always find it interesting with with managers. We've seen times where the manager like. I think it was like Marco Silva, Everton wanted him at one point, and then all of a sudden Watford's quality dipped, and then it's like, well, now you don't look like a good manager, so yeah, why would the why would the teams that you want to go to want you still? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something. I, I, you know, the, these players like especially Christian Eriksen in this instance. You know, he's a player who has the quality. You know that you've seen it from him. Yeah, he's getting he's you know. Not getting younger, but he's still still very much in in his prime. 
And I think this helps the clubs that, you know, that, you know, a club that he might want to go to because it, it really kind of just lowers his price tag. Spurs didn't get a transfer fee for him. Contracts running out. So at the end of the day, not only having these players in your squad affects the team's morale and directly affects the on-field performance, but it's also not a good business move because you don't cash in on uh, talented players. So um, Spurs are, you know, it's it's a topic of discussion week in, week out with Spurs because they've been so hot and cold. Um, but looking at things in Group B, Bayern topped the group. They got another win, three wins out of three. Uh, they've got nine points. Spurs, four points. Red Star Belgrade with three. And Olympiacos just sitting on that one point from their draw with Spurs on match day one. Now on to the third team that netted five goals on Tuesday. We've got Manchester City, five. Atalanta, one. Atalanta did, scored first. Yeah. What did Phil Foden do to get a red card? Uh, quite honestly, not a damn clue. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was 5-1. Your boy was point. at work. Yeah. At that point, it was 5-1. So just, I mean, it's like... It, it was a second yellow. Um, okay. 76-minute yellow card, 83rd-minute second yellow card, and he's off. Um, to me, that just seems... I obviously haven't seen it. Um, that just seems like a, a rough cameo. I've, I've seen highlights, but I did not see that. Um, that just seems like a uh, a young player maybe sticking his foot in in a spot that it didn't matter because by the 83rd minute, it was already 5-0. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe trying a little too hard to do to make an impact and like, make, you know, do something to, to show his manager that maybe he should be playing more and getting a little... Uh, overzealous, a little aggressive, and showing your manager you should be playing more by getting suspended. Yeah, red card. That's too. a bold move. Um, but it was Malinovsky for Atalanta in the 28th minute on a penalty. Aguero scores in the 34th minute to equalize. Then a penalty in the 38th. Then a Raheem Sterling hat trick in a span of 11 minutes in the second half. 58th, 64th, and 69th minute goals. An impressive hat-trick there. His first Champions League hat-trick. Um, and I thought what he said on Twitter was pretty funny after it. Um, he talked about, you know, how it was like a, a perfect night. And, uh, you know, he was happy to get his first Champions League hat-trick. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now what he then responded to. Um, well, because Raheem well, Sterling's always good for yeah. the manter. Yeah. What's actually what's in, what's incredible? I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about Raheem wait, Sterling. Wait, you're supporting other podcasts? Of course. Um, listening to their ideas and passing them off with my own, obviously. Um, no, I, I was listening to another podcast and they discussed. I believe it was the Two Robbies podcast and they were discussing Raheem Sterling and his abil- and his finishing ability. And it's like interesting to think like he. I mean, he gets a lot of goals. He's not the most clinical finisher. And they were talking about like what level he'd be at if he was more if he was more clinical, and like I mean he he scores so many goals like this guy could score forty goals if he if he was maybe just a little bit better, which is just amazing testament to what he can do now and what he what Pep has done with him since he's arrived at Manchester City because there's not many players 
better than him right now. Um, and he's come a long way from, from his days at Liverpool. Yeah, he's he's an exceptional talent for City. Um, so it was uh, his original tweet was, Perfect night home with my very first Champions League hat-trick. Happy to see the hard work is paying off. Plenty more to come, hopefully. Hashtag aim higher. And then he replied to it about two minutes later saying, And whoever mentions my miss sitter and or fantasy football will be blocked forever. Um, and then, of course, you had, you had Ben Mendy. Uh, Responding to him on Twitter, you, you should have had four. Block me if you want. You can't block me in real life. Right. So that's actually it's funny that that was kind of tied into what I was what I was saying. He, you know, missing a center like that, like it's just it's crazy to think of like where would we rank him if he was even a better finisher than he already is. Yeah, he he would be. He would be right with, at right at the tippy top. Yeah. Um, but in in overall. Dominant performance. I just, even without certainly, Aguero with a brace in the first half in a span of four minutes. He's just, he just scored. He, I get that it's like a cliche, like, ah, he scores when he wants, but Sergio Aguero literally scores whenever the fuck he pleases and he does not care what you have to think about it. Pardon our French. Pardon. Pardon our Freddy boys. I think, I think Maisie was the one that said that. That was actually not even me. Sure. Yeah. Bad dog. Group C, Man City at the top on nine points. Two teams sitting on four points. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and Dynamo Zagreb and Atalanta all alone with a goose egg at the bottom of Group C. Um, We'll get to the standings uh, for anything we didn't discuss at the end, Uh, but let's move on to Wednesday's uh, set of fixtures. Chelsea won Ajax nil. This was a great game. Great and game. Big game. Huge result. Huge result. Not only for the confidence of Chelsea, for the confidence of Batshuayi, for the confidence of Christian Pulisic, but most of all, for me, this game was huge for the confidence and belief in Frank Lampard. Yeah. Um, His subs, he got them perfect. Yeah, and it was the second... Second uh, week in a row, or second game in a row. It was a similar thing where he brought on Batshuayi and Pulisic, and uh, Pulisic, while well, Pulisic played a part in um, in the goal against Newcastle in the league on the weekend. So he brought him on again. And he was a difference maker. Uh, he's getting and he's getting more time. He's getting he get you know got like 30, 20, 30 minute cameo this time around, rather than the eight minute, ten minute cameos that we had seen. Um, yeah, and I mean, you're spot on with Frank Lampard going into the game. The one reporter asked him why he was so scared of Ajax, simply because he was saying after the after the last game, after Newcastle, he was immediately talking about Ajax, saying that their mindset's on Ajax. And Frank was like, no, I'm not scared. They play a different style of p- football than Newcastle did, and I wanted to make sure that we got into that mindset immediately. Yeah. Um, and they've had a strong start to the season. Um, and he's like, after this game, you know, my thought's going to go directly to Burnley. It's going to be the same thing. But the guy, yeah, the guy said, you look, why do you look so scared? And he sort of laughed it off and said, this is my face. Um, and then just, you know, a big, a big win. Chelsea saved by VAR in the first half and then yeah. got that, that big goal. Batch why he likes a big goal in the group stage of uh, the Champions League. 
You see, I thought that was true, and then he skied the first attempt over the bar. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that is a, that's, that's a bad miss. One-on-one with the keeper. Um, mm-hmm. And then this one, he tried to sky over the bar. Right, yeah, he almost But it, he was just too close to, to be able to do it. Yeah. And Hits I off had, the bottom of the bar and goes in. But I had thought about tweeting because what um, Pepe had a, a miss against Sheffield, correct? We'll get to him Yes, uh, making up for that in a little bit. But he had a big miss, and they ended up losing to Sheffield. I was going to tweet out a picture of his miss and then a picture of the final score line and then also a picture of Batshuayi's big miss and then a picture of the final score line for that game, and I was going to say levels. Dog, you know I would have brought out that Hazard miss. <laughs> oh. Hazard's miss might have been the worst out of them all, to be honest with you. Because um, Hazard was maybe like eight yards out, and like I don't think there was a keeper. Uh, yeah. I think the keeper might have been in the locker room. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is uh, this Ajax team is so talented. They, you know, a midfield they had Alvarez, they had Van de Beek, and they had uh, Martinez. They Hakim Ziyech up front with Quincy Promise and uh, Dusan Tadic. Tadic. As a center forward at Ajax, is uh, seems to work. He played deeper um, when he was in the Premier League with Southampton, but uh, this this Ajax team is very good at right back. It was uh, Sergio Dest, but I think it's Sergio. Sergio, it dog his S E R G I N with a little wavy boy. Oh, all right. So, it is Sergio. I thought it was. I thought it was Sergio Dest. I'm not gonna lie. I, I did. How... I did think it was that about two weeks ago. Yeah. Now that's so like. So it's so it's Pulisic. Where... Pulisic got past him for for the assist on the winning goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dest has come out and said, you know, it, he'll probably decide in the coming weeks whether or not he's going to represent the United States or. The Netherlands, you know where uh, where I'm hoping he goes, but yeah, I have he, no he, confidence because I. No, I feel like he doesn't. I feel like he hasn't played that much for the U.S. national team. No, and the uh, which is ridiculous because he's starting in the Champions League for Ajax. Yeah, so like, well, well, the, the whole point is like they they're trying to call him up, but you know he's got to accept a call up. I'm not sure what he's done at. You know, under 20 level, um, I'm going to look into that. But it's it, they're trying to get him. But you know in the past where, you know, when they lost, the when the U.S. lost Jonathan Gonzalez, they said, oh, well, it's not our fault we lost him. You know, we, we want guys who want to be here. So um, Dest has made two appearances for the national team in friendlies. Um, but there there is talk that the Netherlands wants to uh, have him do a uh, uh, a one-time switch and represent them, which I gotta say, if I'm in it's, his position, that's an attractive to, that's yeah, an attractive offer. Down. Yeah, it's hard to turn down a resurgent Netherlands side um, that really want you uh, when you know the the other option is a team that just lost to Canada. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, you know, hopefully for the U.S.'s sake, they can they can lock him down because he could be a, a big factor for them for years to come. Um, we've, we've always struggled, really, on, on locking down those fullback positions. So, DeMarcus Beasley might have to come out of retirement. Oh, my gosh. 
I just I I think I need to go throw up after saying that sentence. Um, but Group H, as it stands, three games played. Ajax at the top with six points. Chelsea also with six in second place. Valencia have four, and Lille at the bottom. I think Chelsea are in first because they do the head-to-head first. My guy, I'm just telling you what the UEFA website's telling me, bro. I know, and Google's saying it differently. I know, we went through this last time. I know. I'm going off UEFA. I, I believe you. I know. Whatever. I believe you're telling me what you see. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I can't tell you anything other than what I'm seeing. And I'm going from the official source. Sure. Going from the source. Um. Antonio Conte's Inter Milan beat Dortmund 2-0. Um, that. Back on, back on track for them. That yeah, was right. A big, that was a big loss against Barcelona. They were, you know, they had started the season off really well, um, and then you know, big loss. Take the lead on Barcelona, lose that game, and then they ended up losing uh, a heartbreaker to Juventus in the league. So they've been pegged down a little bit. Good to see them bounce back. Yeah, and uh, Dortmund actually, which they rarely do, they switched up their formation in this one to mimic. Conte's three five two that he was going to send out, and they stayed in the game, and then it, you know they it, you know they conceded in the twenty second, but um, they were very much in this game, and then they switched to their four two three one, and Inter Milan looked more comfortable because that's the formation that they had prepared to go against, um, in the first place, and uh. Kondreva seals it in the 89th minute, 2-0. Conte, happy. Uh, That's my Nick take of the week. You know, now that I say that, I realize I forgot to start this episode with a delusion. Um, But we really haven't been throwing delusions out there on on European European nights. nights. So I'm going to give that up. Is your delusion European? It's not. Okay. It's not. Well, it's a kind of a vague delusion. It's not really like uh, like our regular delusions where they're kind of like predictions and whatnot. It's just kind of a hot take. Sure. About, I, like, I like the occasional delusion. Do we have any other Champions League things to talk about? Not much. Uh, so, it looks like we're going we're gonna to switch to Europa League unless you want me to break the delusion out. Well, no, yeah. If you want to just if you want to just say it, just just say well, who does it reg- who is it regarding? It's exactly. Excuse me. It's not regarding really any one. Oh, is it about scheduling? My guy, it's about the fucking scheduling. Pardon our French. They need to stop playing. Like, I I love watching. I love watching this fucking game. I do. Pardon our French. Fuck. Pardon our French. But I cannot fucking stand. Pardon our French. When I've got to say, like it, it, it's honestly, it, it's honestly the worst when we're when it comes to recording a podcast. Right. Because we're oh, we, should we record this? No, nah, because we might as well wait until they get these other forty-five games out in the next hour. And then there's another 8 million games tomorrow. Stop playing games on 
Friday nights. Stop playing games on Monday nights. Five days a week, five days of football is plenty. We've got Saturday and Sunday for the league. We've got Tuesday and Wednesday for the Champions League. We've got Thursday for the Europa League, which I'm okay if we throw that out. Cancel the Europa League. That's not my delusion. But I cannot stand, especially when when it's my team, when Arsenal are playing on these nights, I cannot stand watching, finding a way to watch a game on a Monday. Like, I don't know how annoying it is for the people who are actually based in Europe that are watching the game at like 8 o'clock. But at 3 p.m. on a Monday is just annoying. And I know that they're not looking, hey, what's that douchebag in New Jersey? Uh, when does he want to watch soccer? I know that that's not the, the goal. But I haven't heard anything but complaining. Anytime I listen to a podcast and they talk about, oh, yeah, this team played on Monday. <sighs> I hate watching my team play on Monday. I don't like watching other teams play on Monday. But if the game's on Monday and it's not my team, I'm nowhere near it. That's Friday. Fair. Fridays. No one no everyone has something to do on Friday. It's the end of the work week. You're gonna go out, you're gonna have a good time. Why am I sitting there getting ready for Southampton Leicester? I don't want to fucking deal with it. Pardon our friend. Five days a week is enough. Take Monday and Friday out of it. They only put Monday and Friday in there because of money. Which is the exact reason why they won't take it out. But my delusion of the week is football happens on too many days. And that is my poorly structured delusion of the week. Now, for a quick ad break. Since when do we go for ad breaks? I was just kidding. Cool, 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 cool. Europa League. The results of the English clubs because nobody cares about Counterbag and Apoel. Um, let's see. Manchester United back on track. A 1-0 win away to Partizan Belgrade. Um, this came after they only got a draw last time around with... AZ Alkmaar, um, but United are back on track. Where are Wolves at? Wolves with a win. A 2-1 win over Slovan Bratislava. Um, so, standings for those two clubs. Let's take a look. Dun, 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 dun. I'm not scrolling on my computer. I know the standings already. Group L, Manchester United are at the top. Seven points. Um, and Group K, Wolves currently in second on six points. SC Braga lead the group with seven. Bratislava behind them have four. And Besiktas have not picked up a point yet. And then finally, for Arsenal, uh, they got a 3-2 win over Vitoria. My man, Nicola Pepe, with two, not only two goals late, two free kicks late. Yeah. And so Arsenal lead Group F. Yes, that proves nothing. Proves the man can take a free kick. Doesn't prove any quality. I'm just kidding. But oh boy. can the guy who looked who looked more excited that he scored him or Emery? Because neither looked all that excited. Uh, I don't know. Tell tell Pepe to maybe smile. 
and well, celebrate? So I think that there's been a load of pressure on him. And for Emery, Emery watches that second free kick go in, and he's like, well, thank God, because I was getting sacked at the end of this if you, if that didn't go in. So it's yeah, more, oh it, was, it wasn't as much excitement as it was relief. Yeah. And that's what a late win against a team who fucking blows, pardon our French. Um, uh, no, but seriously, they, Victoria haven't picked up a point yet, and they had a, a two leads at the Emirates. Yeah, so, so it, you have to be happy that you got the win, but you have to also kind of hold yourself and think why are like what is happening because we're still I mean we're top of the group, you know which everyone expected with Arsenal in this in this group, but you know that would, they've had they had the rough performance against Sheffield and they followed it up by almost losing again in in, in the Europa League, which would have which would have been tough. Yeah, it would have been, and. Uh... You know, going forward for for Unai Emery um, at Arsenal, he's pretty much uh, just a bad result or two away from not having a job. I think had they lost this match, he would have been dismissed, regardless of the team that was put out. Considering he picked the team, uh, he would. Really? Have, I I think so. And looking at you've dropped that well, you dropped out of the top four. Yeah, you're you're in fifth now. So like, um, and I mean you're top you're top of the table, uh, uh in in the Europa League. Yeah. So it's it's weird. I, the thing is with it's it's so interesting with Arsenal because I think people tend to dismiss their standing in the league, and they're mostly just focus on their performances. Because uh, we were talking about this last week, and Arsenal were sitting in third. But I think people, some uh, other, the other side of it is that people like see that they're in third and uh, refuse to to actually look at the quality of the side and realize that maybe um, they've had a, a few lucky bounces that's got them there. Other teams have have slipped up, but because it's, it's it's weird to say we were t- we were talking about this last week. They were in third place in the Premier League. They were you know they were ahead of Man City. Um, but of course, then you know you have your your Sheffield Sheffield United game followed by this game. It's it's a it's a tough situation, uh, and we've talked about Emery for for a couple podcasts, and you know how long he will be at Arsenal. What like what do you think? Um, like where do you think his seasons is gonna go? Because I mean, you have let's see, what do you got next? You got Crystal so Palace. They, it's 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 a this run in that they have. Is it's nine games in a row not facing a big six club. So they faced United, they got a draw. Then against Bournemouth, it was only a 1 0 win. Now they lose away to Sheffield. They host Palace, they host Wolves, they go to Leicester. If they. Liverpool in the the Cup as well. Yeah. So I, I find it hard to believe that they will sack a manager based on a Carabao Cup performance, but the reason I'm saying. You wrote this game here. If they didn't lose, he was, or if they didn't win, he was gone. Because hosting Vitoria in the Europa League is a it's you're it's a game you're expected to win. But right, I I honestly thought that I was like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. Arsenal lost with a lot of their senior players playing against Sheffield United, and then what they're going to do is they're going to break out the young guys, and the young guys are going to win, and then Emery's going to again start the senior players in the league, and even though the younger players are are 
are doing things in the Europa League. I know it's different quality, different levels, but at some point I think he has to start playing a Martinelli who keeps finding finding the uh, the score sheet. You know, he's got to keep playing these younger guys who are performing well and not playing Granite Chaka. Yeah. And uh, fucking Christ. Part of our French. Um I I I'm going to make a prediction for you here. And it, listen, it might be wrong, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say the game that gets Unai Emery sacked is Norwich away. Okay. We we yeah, I think you're going to talk turn of the year. We're going to talk later that day, uh probably or or the following day on a Monday to Sunday. December 1st, away to Norwich. Norwich score a lot of goals. Arsenal let in a lot of goals. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, They need to to get some... Because I think... I mean, they're in a good position. This is the time you want to play Liverpool in the Cup because this is where Liverpool have, like, I believe, gotten knocked out of the Cup the past two or three years. Um, So... You know, I don't want to say that it's. I mean, I'm my money's on Liverpool still, but you don't want to. I, 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 you can't, you can't put it all in on Liverpool just because they, you know, that Jurgen Klopp has has put less of a focus on the Carabao Cup, uh, and it's shown the past couple of years in big matchups. Chelsea knocked him out, I believe, in this round, if not an earlier round, uh, last year. But Crystal Palace is a tough game. Crystal Palace are in sixth. Wolves are climbing up the table. They got a big Europa League win. Like they're they're starting to look like the Wolves of last season. And then you have second place Leicester. So how many points? How many points does Arsenal grab from from those games? I don't want to ask you specifically because normally you tell me Arsenal will get seven points and they'll drop it here and here and then you'll be completely right on the points and dead wrong on the results that you that you uh, discussed. Well, I wrote an article for uh, for last word on football. And said that in this plug. run of nine games, plug, 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 plug. In this run of nine games, Arsenal should be winning seven of them. They've already not won one, and the away match to Sheffield was one of them included. Where I said they need to win this game, um, and the nine right. runs come, the the nine game run comes to an end when they face Manchester City. So it's so they need to. So now they have, according to you. They need to only lose one more game before them. Not, or not, not I, I would not say, I would say they. I would say six six wins and a draw is out of to go back and look at what was expected from this run. Six game six wins and a draw is what's needed. Now you're talking just league primarily. Yes. And now looking at it, they have to play Crystal Palace. It's Chris, that's home now. It's a home game against Crystal Palace. Home against Wolves. Away to Leicester, then you have away to a Nor- Norwich, home Brighton, away at West Ham. So, yeah, I don't see them getting six wins from those games. It was an optimistic view when I wrote the. It article. was not. I mean, I'm, and it could be, but I, the the thing is, you have a better chance of being right when you don't lose to Sheffield United. When one of your losses. It's Sheffield United now. It looks far more bleak. You could look at that and say, "Okay, I can see them losing on the road at West Ham and Leicester, but they're good at home." And you know, Norwich is even though they're on the road at Norwich, like Norwich is a is a lower level team, so you can see them grabbing a win. 
Um, but yeah, once you lose to once you lose to Sheffield United, it really, really makes the other games look like well. If they lost to Sheffield United, how are they gonna win away to Leicester? Why do we have to talk about Arsenal? Got me all depressed. Watch, they're um, gonna beat. This is what's gonna happen. They're gonna beat Wolves, beat Leicester, beat West Ham, uh, draw Crystal Palace, and lose to Norwich. Like it's gonna be something weird because Arsenal are weird like that. They do that sometimes, where it's like, all right, this is a game where they might lose, and then they'll go on and, in a tough game, have a pretty solid performance, keep a clean sheet, and win, and then, and then oh great, and then they'll lose. They'll beat Leicester, and then they'll lose to Norwich. Now, uh, it's it's time to stop talking about this miserable team, and it's time to call to the bullpen for everybody's favorite segment. Here is Nick's Betting Bonanza. The call to the bullpen is yours truly. Um, let's look to the fixtures here. All right, so I'm gonna I'll read them off, and I will give you my results. Yeah. So that's what we got. Match day 10. All right? So. Oh, we got a game. Oh, Zach, it's Friday. There's Friday night today. fucking you excited? football, man. All right. Southampton, Leicester City. I'm taking. Southampton are home. I'm taking the away team to get all three points. Leicester. Leicester City. All right. Then we have. Ooh. For me, it's a 4.30 game. For you, it's a 7.30 game. Man City home to Aston Villa. City take it. Yeah, City City are, are looking hungry now. Liverpool finally dropped points. That'll be an interesting one. Um, I, I expect there to be a lot of goals in that one, whether it's a 5-0 game or a 3-2 game. That's going to be exciting. Watford home to Bournemouth. So it's getting a little tough. Watford home to Bournemouth is Watford going still to be... Won yet. So honors them to even win. Okay, a point apiece. Right. Sounds like a great week for Watford to get their first win. Yep. Six Brighton eight. home to Everton. I have no idea how to call this game because Everton looked pretty good last week, but they are Everton and Brighton or Brighton. So Brighton or Everton looked good right. last week, which is why they're bamboozled me. I'm taking Everton at the Amex. Ah, okay. West Ham United. Home to Sheffield. Ninth place Sheffield. 12 points this season. They are level on points with Tottenham right now. They're going to be on 13 points. Uh, Draw at the London Stadium. That's your new manager right there, my guy. Chris Wilder? Chris Wilder. Or (laughs) Pellegrini. No, definitely Chris Wilder. Uh, Burnley, home to Chelsea. The Blues take all three points at Ooh, Turf Moor. I appreciate you saying that. I, I'm worried it might be a draw. Uh, Newcastle, home to Wolves. Wolves take it on the road. Ooh. Even after the short break. Newcastle's put a couple of fine performances together. They almost Wolves take it on the road okay. next. Wolves as well. <laughs> Arsenal, home to Crystal Palace. I don't they know need why six I've wins. Don't know why I've done it, but I've picked an Arsenal win. I'd take the Gunners in that game. Um, Crystal Palace have to draw from sixth eventually. All right, now we got Norwich City, home to Manchester United. I like Manchester United to, to uh, right the ship, get an away win. Have they gotten an away win yet? They might have got one in the Europa League. I don't know if they were home or away, but it's been a while. So that that could be a big one. Um, and the big one, as we say. 
Liverpool at Anfield, home to Tottenham Hotspur. You mentioned how Sheffield United and Tottenham were level on points at 12. Tottenham are staying at 12. Liverpool with another win. They need a bounce back victory. And Sheffield with that draw are going above Spurs, baby. Above Spurs. I cannot wait to do the Knicks special and be wrong about Leicester winning tonight. Yeah, uh, that's what it does. That's what it does. um, You have guaranteed a draw or Southampton victory. Southampton are getting points. They should be happy. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So the odds for this 10-leg parlay. Yeah, the special with these is basically if you're undefeated, which you are right now, and which is Nick has done at the start of every one of his betting bonanzas, you lose. So I'm worried. So if, South, so if Leicester win, I'm worried for Man City. But then if Man City win, I'm worried because it's— it, If it, Man City win Everton, you know they're fucking me. If you, if you get the first five right, I'm going to be so nervous for when Chelsea play tomorrow. Like great, he's gotten all of them right before. There's already. There's no way he's gonna get right on this one. Imagine I was. Imagine I ended up being right going into Sunday, and at twelve thirty, there's three games. Which before I tell you what I'm gonna win it by placing a dollar down, there's three games that kick off at twelve thirty on Sunday. That's absolutely ridiculous, considering that one of them is Liverpool Spurs, and then Arsenal and United both kick off at the same time. Completely yeah. ridiculous for them to do that. Yep. Why didn't they put one of them on Monday, man? Who doesn't hey, love Monday already, Night Football? <laughs> yeah, you already, you already, you already had your delusion. You can't go on another rant. I mean, Liverpool Spurs. There's no reason for that game to be on Sunday. Those are two Champions League teams that could be playing on Saturday. Um, United, Arsenal, and Wolves all are going to play on Sunday, considering they played on Thursday. Right. That's fine. Just put the up. Uh, I don't know. Who cares? So what, how much How much do you win? I'm placing a $1 bet on this 10-leg parlay. It would return $1,276.38. There you go. What for $1? For $1. Why don't you just put $10 down, man? Because it's not going to fucking hit. Did you hear my picks? I know. Oh, my God. Nick puts like Nick just like oh yeah let me throw two fifty on there I'm like dog you you lose the first one each time there's no reason yeah just do one dollar you lose a dollar a week with the small chance that you win a thousand I think it's it's fine playing those yeah. odds if you win one then next week all right you know what I won last week let me put a little bit extra down if if you put a dollar down every week and you lose you still only lose thirty eight dollars yeah so it's not bad it's not bad in the betting world that's like winning. Uh, sure, yeah, but, but if you have a problem. But, yeah, which, you know, who who are you to judge? That's fair. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at footyadu. Um, hopefully you made it to the end of this. We did go off the rails just a bit uh, just towards a bit. the end. Um, but, as always, if you could like, review, subscribe, rate, whatever you want to call it, our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're, you're, huh, wherever you're listening. That would be great. It would uh, give us the opportunity to be seen by more listeners and to grow our brand. And Jared, as always, pardon le French.